Hey, this is Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Living Redefined Podcast. This is a place where we discuss modern day topics and attack them with biblical truths. The goal that we have is just to make daily decisions based on morality and integrity. I want to help you move forward in your faith, and I hope that today helps you do that. Enjoy the message. Hey, what's up? Welcome back to Stand By Me. Week two, take two. Today, talking about the difference between being distracted and being busy. The difference between being distracted and being busy with the whole uh, description of this thing being you can do anything in the whole world under one condition, and that is to abide. John 15, 4 is the cornerstone of this. It says, abide in me and I will abide in you. Abide in me and I will abide in you. And the story we're using is out of Luke 38. That's the story of Mary and Martha. And, and the whole idea, last week we shared point one, which was to relax. This week we're talking point two, the second thing we need to do if we're going to abide in Jesus. And so abide is one of those words that you only see in the Bible, that when you Google it, it comes up and it's in the Bible. And so it's a Christian word. It might be a little churchy. It might be religious to some of you. And so I want to break it down what the definition says in the real world. Okay, abide is to accept or act in accordance with a recommendation, a rule, or decision. To act in accordance with. The second one is to continue without fading. Continue without fading or being lost. And so then, some synonyms for the word abide are to obey, to follow, remain. I love the word remain. It's, the, it's what we use in our house. Remain in me and I'll remain in you. That's really good. That's strong. Keep to, hold to, adhere to, stick to, stand by. Stand by. Which is why we call the series Stand By Me. Agree with. Consent to, uphold, accept, respect, and defer to. And so in the Amplified Version, it says, Remain in me, and I will remain in you. And the big idea is, because we face so much in life, we need to understand that the number one reason for our success is undoubtedly due to the fact that we abide in Jesus, and we meaning believers, right? And so we need to understand that abiding does not mean sitting idly by. It means resting in the work It means resting in the moment, resting in the truth, resting in the confidence that God is our answer, that he is our source, that he is our peace, that he's our provision, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, right? And so so the more we abide, so the more we abide, the more of his grace and his power that we have, and that transforms our life, right? The more his grace and, and power transform us into his image. And so there's no condition, Here's, this is a quote, there's no condition of life, there's no condition of life ever, which means there's no time in your life, there's no season in your life in which we cannot abide in Jesus. We have to learn to stand by Him wherever we are, wherever we are, stand by. So John 15, 4 says, live in me, make your home in me just as I do in you. That's the Living Bible Translation, I love that. I love that translation. And so here's the story of of Mary and Martha. That's Luke 38, uh, Luke 10, 38 through 42. We read that last week. The disciples continue on their way, and Martha comes down. She says, hey, come on in here. And her sister Mary sits on the floor listening to Jesus. Now, Mary liked to do things right and well, too. Okay? And so she liked things done well, is what the Bible says. And so Mary comes in, and, and Mary essentially goes, I know we were prepping, but now that he's here, I'm going to go sit at his feet, right? And Martha was the jury type, and she worried about so much, and she came out and said, Hey, Jesus, tell her to come and help me. Just tell her to come and help me, please. And he was so upset, and he says to her, Hey, Martha, Martha, dear friend, you're so upset 
about all these details. Strike that. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. God's in your house. The presence of God is here. Mary's discovered it, so it's not going to be taken from her, right? And what Martha wants is she wants somebody else to come be busy with her. But busy does not mean important. It means distracted. The most important thing was in the house. It was Jesus. And we all like to use busy as an excuse or a reason to stay locked into what we want, right? Even if we don't want it, we want it because it gives us validity, right? It makes us feel important. It makes us feel important. In a way, using the excuse of busy makes us feel good, right? And the root of busy, whether we want to admit it or not, does not come down to a feeling um, of great. It comes down to a feeling of not being good enough. It's not good enough. And so then we feel like we have to justify our what. I just need to justify and let you know how busy I am. And so we need to be recognized and we want to be in demand, and we want people to know it. We just do. And we love the feeling. We love the feeling, and so we set the pace. This is Martha, right? And we set the pace to keep up with the expectation that we create for ourselves, and then we share it with the world. And we want to, I'm busy. Hey, man, how you doing? Busy, man. Busy. Right? And the hard part is we create the demand, and we create the demand that we can't keep up with. And then we go, oh, my gosh. I'm so busy. We're talking about abiding. What keeps us from abiding with God? And so let's take some time to reflect. What are you chasing? If, if I could ask you to identify, you have all these things that are going on in your life. What's the one thing that takes the most that, that, that you're after? What's the one thing that you're chasing? Right? An even bigger question, in 10 years from now, is the thing you're chasing today going to be worth it? Right? When you've bulldozed your way to the top or, or just worked and worked and put in so much overtime, is it going to be worth it? Will the people around you feel connected to you? Or will you be empty? Will you be alone? Right? What do you see? What do you see with you in 10 years if you keep working your current plan and running your current pace? What do you see in 10 years? Because this is one of the biggest reasons the divorce rate is so high. Right? When you actually do, if you've ever achieved what you've set out to achieve, the moment that you get there, you feel like it's not enough, right? That's like buying a boat or an RV or, you know, there's so many things. I'll give you an example here in a second. It's crazy that no matter what the accomplishment, no matter how busy we get, no matter how much we drive to, it's never enough. The more you make, the more you spend. The bigger your house, the smaller it is, right? Need a bigger yard now. Need, need room for toys, like all that stuff, right? And so even Martha couldn't do enough for Jesus. She couldn't, right? It was her house, and she couldn't. God created us, and when he called us, he called us into existence. He said that you are a human being, not a human doing. Genesis 2.7, he says, Then God formed man from the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. And then, he, then it goes on to say, then he made woman in the womb, rib, womb, woman. Then he made woman. And she was a living being too, right? Remember, our expectations lead to our frustrations. So when you get there to the accomplishment or to the top of the mountain, to the accolade, to the thing, when you get there, it won't be what you thought. It never is. 
It never is because along the way we make it so much bigger than it needs to be. In 2009, we were playing, uh, we were really good. We were playing the state championship game. I was coaching football at this time, and so many of those guys. As a matter of fact, I just, I just got to marry a guy that was on that team uh, a couple weeks ago. And, and I remember uh, we were up, we were up big in the game by 30 points. And I remember there was 43 seconds on the clock in the state championship game. And I know so many people, so many coaches who spend their whole life trying to win a, win a gold ball. And the gold ball is great. And that, re- that moment was really the, what made me understand that there was more to life than, than football, right? And so 43 seconds left, I go over to our head coach and I go, coach, this is it. I remember being so disappointed, heartbroken, little bitty tiny tears in my eyes, not big tears, but just like, and he goes, yeah. He goes, it has nothing to do with this game. It has all, all, it's everything to do about getting here. It's all about the journey. It's not about the game. And when he said that, I immediately looked back and go, wow. Yeah, what a season. What a season, right? And, and I remember thinking, I thought this would be so much better. I thought this was going to be awesome. I had case, I had coolers of monsters iced down for everybody. I knew we were going to win. Like I prepped, I prepped the post-game celebration. It was going to be awesome, right? It can be better, right? And that's, that's the Nick Saban approach is like, we're going to celebrate this one for today and we're going to move on because it can be better. We need to do a little bit more. We need to work a little bit harder, right? And I'm not saying that's bad because God will bless the work of your hands. The Bible says God will bless the work of your hands it doesn't say busy, though. And busy doesn't buy peace. Busy doesn't buy peace. Jesus does. In John 14, 1, it says, Your heart must not be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Believe also in me. John 16, I have told you these things so that you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world, but be courageous. I have overcome the world. I like to walk with that guy. I like to remain in that guy. I like to abide in that guy. I like to stand by that guy. Right? And the reality is, is we all have the freedom of choice, right? We all have the freedom of choice. That's what the greatest thing that God ever gave us was this. You can choose. You can choose. If he didn't give you the power to choose, we'd all be robots. Which means God's never going to keep you from anything because he gave you the choice. So you have the choice to do as much as you want, as fast as you want, as long as you want. Or as long as you can, right? And what you need to ask yourself is in the end of all that is what I'm doing going to be worth it, right? And what I hope you see today is that that everything that we are chasing, regardless of what it is, is rooted and found in Jesus. The fruit from that comes from our connection to him, right? Romans 8, 6 says this. So So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Man, operating in the Spirit, abiding in who saved you, who the Lord of your life is. Because when Jesus is Lord, you actually follow and abide. When you're saved, you're just, you got your name in the book of life, right? But man, abiding, following, that's huge. That's huge. So, so Jesus is the peace that you're looking for. He is the love you're seeking. He is the what that you need. He is the what that you need. What we are chasing should be him. And if we're not, 
it's because we're not abiding. Because when we abide in Him, His will actually becomes very real in our lives. So it's not about how much good you do. If it's not rooted in who put you here, it's not going to amount to much. It's just not. And if God is not in it, this is where our frustration comes from, right? And so we ask, when God's not in it and we're frustrated, we ask, why isn't God doing anything? Why isn't he helping me? Why isn't he bringing X, right? And the reality is we've created a plan and a pace and an expectation for ourselves that's not God's. That's not God's. Letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. If God is never consulted, if he's never invited, how can he be part of it? That's not abiding if he's not, if we're not abiding in him, if we're not remaining in him, right? God didn't create you to keep up with you. He created you for a community and relationship. That's what he wants with you. And, and we need to understand that busy comes with a price. Being busy comes with a price. And that price <laughs> is this. We lose focus of what matters. We lose directions. How do I lose directions? What I want takes priority. My sinful nature, my mind, right? I lose production, right? More becomes less and busy becomes the excuse. I lose relationships. They can't keep up with me, so they suffer. And so I run off and leave them. And then I come into my house one day and I don't even know who I live with. And so I'm like, you know what? Maybe it would be better if we don't. That's what happens with busy. And we forget human interaction. That's like the latest thing, right? Why do we forget human interaction? Head down, right? Head down, which leads us to disconnect from humanity, right? And we tell ourselves, because we've been so busy, that this is, rela- that this is community, that this is relationship. Because I can scroll Facebook or Instagram or or TikTok, or I don't know what it is, man, uh, Snapchat. Because I'm scrolling here, I'm connected. No, you're not. You're alone. We're all alone. If all I have at the end of the day is this, and it messes with my sleep, <laughs> if all I have at the end of the day is this, I'm not connected. And if all I have at the end of the day is this, it's because I'm going so fast that I don't even care about the people around me. We suffer when we do this. We have lack of sleep, so we have rush mornings. We have an extreme need for caffeine, and everybody on the face of the planet is drinking more energy drinks than ever. A long time ago, the only energy drink there ever was was Mountain Dew. And if you were drinking a Mountain Dew, people were like, dang, you must be tired. Now Mountain Dew is weak sauce. You drink a Mountain Dew, you're just like, there's nothing. Nothing to a Mountain Dew now, right? And here's what technology has done. Everybody would say that we're more connected today now than we ever have been. And it's because we have 24-7 access to the entire world, yet we're more disconnected in our homes than we've ever been. And we're more disconnected in our relationships and the face-to-face relationships than we've ever been. And we're more disconnected from God than we've ever been, right? And we live disconnected because of our doing. It's not our being. It's not because we've slowed down and actually took time to relax, right? We're disconnected because of our doing. So when we come to a time where our pace slows, it's uncomfortable, right? 
oh my gosh, it's slowed down. I have an opportunity to relax. I have an opportunity to talk to God. I have an opportunity to hear from God. I have an opportunity to worship God. I have an opportunity, but I'm like, I don't know. I don't have anything to do, right? And so because we've got that slow down, there's opportunity for a chance to relax. We check our phone. We'll check email, right? Did I get a text? Did I read all those texts? Do I have all those texts, right? We feel fake phone vibrations in our pockets. Oh, nope, wasn't me, right? We hear fake tones. Oh, my, my ringer hasn't been on in over 10 years. Yeah, 13 years my ringer's not been on. I still hear my phone ding time to time. Why? Why? Because there has to be something going on. There has to be something going on. And this keeps us from being with God. And we're so busy. Here's another thing. We're so busy that screens are parenting our kids as opposed to us. Right? And they struggle to connect with others because they can't even connect with their parents. And this leads all of us, including our kids, to feel alone. And the stats aren't, uh, on lonely aren't that good. Okay? <laughs> They're not good at all. Lonely leads to so much. Negative behavior, which trends toward bad mistakes, which trends toward bad attitudes, which trends toward addiction. That's the process. That's the projection. But we blame busy. We blame being tired. We blame, blame being old. But we do not blame ourselves. We won't blame ourselves. And there are only ever 24 hours in a day. And so you need to understand that your day means nothing without you. And so who needs you? Not what needs you. It's not what needs you. Who needs you? Who needs you? Matthew eleven twenty eight in the home and says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. It's not a negotiation. That's not a negotiation. Well, when I retire. Well, you know, the average person, if you can retire at 65 and the lifespan is 76, you're going to work 65 to get 11 off. Is that worth it? Right? Come to me, all you who are wearied, burdened. I will give you rest. It's not a negotiation. When we read that scripture, we come up with this and we're like, we got a time frame. I'm busy. Okay? I'll come to you, but when I come to you, I'll come with my fist clenched. And the reality is, is God can't work with that because you're not coming and giving yourself. You're not willing, right? And you need to be free and you need to be open-handed, free and open-handed. Isn't this how a dad receives a child? Isn't this how God wants to receive you? The Bible says he loves you so much, right? He loves you so much. And so we all feel like this, we just don't show it. We would, love, we would love to have somebody to go to. God's saying, hey, if you'll abide in me, I'll abide in you. If you'll remain in me, I've got you. And we don't like to show that we need this because heaven forbid somebody see, right? And what you need to understand is who cares what they think? Romans 15, 7 says God already accepts you. And if God accepts you, that's all you need right? And he's just waiting for you to accept him. He's just waiting for you to accept him. So last week, <clears throat> last week, 
Step one was to relax this week. Step two, to abiding in Jesus, right? Abiding is how we stay rooted in our relationship with him. Step two is be reverent. Reverent. Oh, church word again. Dusty. (laughs) Be reverent. What is reverent? To have high regard or deep, solemn respect. What am I saying? Never be too busy for God. Never be too distracted for God. Instead of always too busy. I'm never too busy for God. I'm never too busy for God. I'm never too busy for God. Instead of, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. No, not too busy for God, right? Why? Habakkuk 2.20 says this, The Lord is in His holy temple. Let all the earth be silent. Be silent. You can highlight that if you'd like. Be silent before Him. Being silent means I'm not busy. It means I'm not mentally or physically busy. I'm not thinking about my calendar I'm not thinking about that funny TikTok meme. I'm not thinking about X, Y, Z. I am present. Physically, I'm not moving. I'm not doing jumping jacks. I'm sitting. I'm silent. And I'm still. Why? What does it mean? How can I be reverent? I need to consider who I'm meeting with. I'm never too busy for God. Who am I meeting with? I'm going to prepare my heart by being still. I'm going to prepare my heart without being still. And I'm going to let the quiet in the room not make me freak out. I'm going to let that quiet clear my thoughts. Psalms 104, here's how you're going to do it. As that quiet clears your thoughts, Psalms 100 verse 4 says, Enter his presence with thanksgiving and praise. With thanks and praise. So now I'm going to flip the script of my life and my day. And I'm going to start with gratitude. I'm going to be grateful. And then I'm going to remember the relationship that God has with, this, with me. And then I'm going to see the opportunity and the purpose that God has placed inside of me. And then I'm going to pray and I'm going to worship. And I'm going to affirm that with Scripture, with biblical truth, right? And so last week we talked about reading our overtime. We t- went to overtime last week. We talked about uh, reading the Bible, nine, nine steps to reading the Bible. I'm going to give you some things that you can pray, how to pray. There are Bibles. You can, you can internet search this stuff. But here's when we pray. The Lord's Prayer is found in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. You can always go to the Lord's Prayer. It's probably one of the most prayed prayers. I know that, that most teams don't pray it anymore. Man, they used to. And Matthew 6, 9 through 13, was, was, that's the way we pray. Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done. Right? And I could do the whole thing, but it doesn't need to be routine. Needs to be from your heart. You can start with thanks. What are you thankful for? Life, breath, opportunity, who you have, who you are, who you have, how God sees you, right? Thanksgiving. You can be thankful for yourself, your wife, your kids, your husband, your your husband, your wife, your kids, your family, your friends. Be thankful for forgiveness. Be thankful for forgiveness. God, thank you for forgiving me. And by the way, Lord, I'm sorry about that. Blew it right there. I want to be like you today. Thank God for your finances. You can pray for your leadership. I mean, your leadership, like, yeah, who you are. Husband, dad, boss, leader, pastor, coworker, friend, right? Lady at the store. Leadership. Your community, your city, your church. Those are things you can pray for. 
And so I want to spend a little bit of time affirming it with the promises of God. So here's, here's how you're going to battle during the day because a lot of the times what takes place in our minds doesn't tend to be positive. And so we talk a lot about flipping the script and winning the battle in our forehead. And so our thought process is everything. And so, so essentially if you're writing, you say, think it, speak it, believe it, live it. Think, speak, believe, live, live. This is an action, right? So Colossians 3, 2 and Philippians 4, 8, if you're taking notes, those both essentially are promises. And they tell us, get your mind off the things of the earth and uh, on heaven. Think about things that are true, right, noble, pure, lovely. Think about these things. Think about these things. Not whatever, okay? Not the externals. Speak it. Speak it. This is Matthew 12, 34 and, and Proverbs 18, 21. And they essentially say, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The power, the, the tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it, eat of its fruit. We're going to bear good fruit, so we're going to speak good things. I can't speak good things if I'm not thinking good things. So I'm going to think it, then I'm going to speak it, right? And I speak those things because they've been planted in my heart, because I believe them. But now I'm going to reassure my belief, right? Because Matthew 21, 21 and Proverbs 4, 23 says, do not doubt. Do not doubt in your heart, but believe, but believe. That's Matthew 21, 21 and Proverbs 4, 23. I believe it. And because I believe it, I can speak it. And because I believe it, I can think it. And that's how I can battle in the thought realm. When my mind, when my soul tries to, tries to essentially overrule my spirit, I'm going to battle spiritually. I'm going to say, you know what? I know I believe my heart. I know, I know who God is. I know who lives in me. I know who abides in me. And so I'm going to go from here. And I'm actually going to go with truth. The only way that truth finds itself in your heart is if you put it there. So you need to read. You need to read and, and, and remember and reflect and write and think on who God is. Right? And then we live it. We live it. It actually gets from our, from our heart to our head. We refresh from our head to our heart, heart to our feet, our hands. Now we're living. It's an action. That's Hebrews 11.1. 1. And Mark eleven twenty three, 23, and that's essentially faith. Faith is what you hope for. It's the evidence of what is unseen. We walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. And so how I can walk by faith and not by sight is, I'm going to win in the, I'm winning the thought process in the thought realm. I'm going to speak that truth that came from my heart. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to reaffirm that truth in my heart, which gives me more hope and more faith to live it out in my everyday life. And so I'll give you a couple examples of my self-talk, my affirmations, and the whole goal, the whole thought when I step into my time with God is one, God, I want you to be the center of my life. I want you to be the center of my marriage, of my fatherhood, of my finances, of my leadership. Lord, I cannot go, I cannot be without you. And so thank you that you're with me and that you're for me because you are nobody can be against me, nobody. God in me is greater than anything on the face of, the earth, of this earth. So then he who is in me is greater than anything in the world. It's not my talent, my wisdom, or my strength, but God's spirit that I succeed. It's God in me. It's abiding. And so then here are the things I think on Philippians 4.8 and Colossians 3.2. Set your mind on things and thoughts above. How I live it. I affirm these on a regular basis. 1 Timothy 4.12 says, I am a believer in word, deed, purity, faith, and charity in everything. It's spirit spirits who we are I'm going to be an example 
Psalms 119 reminds me to let my actions consistently reflect the principles that God has given me to live my life by, Psalms 119.5. And here's how I lead it. There's a ton of these, and I'm only going to reference a couple for time's sake. I lead my life worthy of my calling. I lead a life worthy of my calling, for I've been called by God. That's Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. And wisdom, God's wisdom in me provides guidance, insight, and discernment in every area of my life. It gives me foresight and understanding concerning all issues that come before me. I have God's peace. God is working for me, with me, and in me to fulfill his plan and purpose for my life. And God works all things out for my good because I abide in him. I love him. In John 14, 27, it says, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give, so do not be troubled or afraid. I'm going to walk with that peace. As far as living in my health, it talks about my daily disciplines. I'll discipline my life so that I obtain optimum performance mentally, physically, and spiritually because I'm three parts whole. I make quality decisions regarding my health because God has given me healthy bones, joints, tendons, ligaments, muscles, and organs. All of my systems all of my systems function properly. I have a healthy heart and the mind of Christ. I give you scripture to back all that up. Strength, Lord, I need your strength today. Your strength rises up in me. Your strength puts me above my feelings. I am strong in my spirit. I'm strong in my mind. I'm strong in my body. I am three parts whole. God increases my strength. Therefore, I am not weary. I'm living this in my everyday life. My finances. God is my source of supply. He will never let me down. Proverbs 22, 4 says, Humility and trust in the Lord bring wealth and honor and life. Men. I have the favor of God. God's favor takes me where my own ability and wisdom cannot. God's favor opens doors of opportunity to me on a regular basis. God puts me in the right place at the right time. And then for my mind, because I have to battle a lot here, I don't know if you do, but I do. But the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, who spends, who, who God sends to me in Jesus' name, shall teach me all things and bring all things to my remembrance. That's John 14, 26. I will remember everything that God has said to me. I'm going to pull it from my heart because it's planted in my spirit because that's where God is because I abide. I abide in him. And that's the idea. That's the point, too, of how we abide by being reverent. You need to open the book for yourself, though, if you need to go back and hear those nine things in last week's message. Father, thanks so much for the opportunity to share the word of God, what you have for people, Lord. I ask you would help us to take these words, these principles, this truth, and apply it to our lives so that we can leave changed better, Lord, so we can make an impact and be fruitful where we are and bear fruit that lasts, Lord. That's generational fruit, that we would be an example to so many other people that they would come into a relationship with you, that it would change our cities, it would change our towns, that it would change our families. More importantly, it would change us. Lord, help us to believe this so much that it changes our lives. I love you, and I thank you for the people who have had a chance to hear today. I ask you bless them. Lord, help them to go in better ways than they sat down or, uh, or wrote with me today. I love you. Thanks for a great day. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. If you partner with us financially, thank you so much. It means more than you know to have your support. It means more than you know. Next week, stand by me. Part three, week three, the third point next week, what it means to be willing. What it means to be willing. We touched on that a little bit today. We'll polish it off uh, next week. Now I pray the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of him. I pray the perception of your mind will be enlightened so that you know his hope, his calling, and his purpose are for you and the great things he has in store for you. Go have a great week. 
I'll see you soon. Thank you so much for joining me today. A huge thanks to those of you who support our ministry. You make what we get to do in Michigan, Oklahoma, Texas, and Colorado possible with those weekly outreaches to our hospital heroes and public service men and women. It's a big deal to get to do that and to support the people who are caring for our communities. So go ahead and click the link in the description to become a partner, or you can visit livefreetofind.com and click the giving link. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take a minute to like and subscribe or share it with a friend. Thanks again for being here today. God bless you.